This is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to the last business edition in 2020 of Flying Talkers. You know, Operation Warp Speed, first vaccines, began distribution Sunday, December 13th, as 6 million vaccines shipped last week, with another 7 million expected to be delivered this Christmas week. After the holidays, reports Bill Bosch, Special Logistics Advisor to the military, who we reported on last week, quote, they expect to be able to ship and distribute 30 million vaccines per month until around March-April, when four other vaccines, in addition to Pfizer-Moderna, are ready to be distributed to the public. When we eventually have six different vaccines ready to distribute, upwards of 100 million vaccines per month can be distributed. A lot of distributing going on there. The CDC is projecting that herd immunity can be achieved once a minimum of 70% of the nation, this is all USA numbers now, receives the vaccine or about 230 million people. Quote, by these numbers, herd immunity can be achieved by July at the earliest. This is assuming everyone that is able to get the vaccines will take it and come back after three weeks to receive their second dose of the serums, Bill declared may not be until the end of 2021 before herd immunity is achieved. My gut feeling, Bill said, is end of March, early April will be when people start to really open things back up. Well, Bill, from your mouth to God's ears, as we all stand by watching for that small light at the end of the tunnel to move rapidly forward and get larger and larger and eventually envelop all of us in daylight once more. That sounds a bit like Tiny Tim. Well, forgive me. It's Christmas. Bless us all, everyone. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Flying Talkers podcast is brought to you today by ATC, One World, One Global, GSSA. Contact ATC COVID Vaccine Task Force Specialists as we get ready for the big push to help cure the world of this dreaded disease. Contact Thomas Baumert. He's the Group Pharma Specialist at ATC. Contact Volker Donkaki. He's the Group Manager of Charter and Solutions at ATC. And they're both available at vaccine at atc-aviation.com. ATC Aviation Services represent 70 airlines in 32 countries, and we're ready to serve you. Solutions are developed with our global airline partners on their existing scheduled networks covering 500 destinations, as well as on dedicated freighter and freighter charters. So stay home, stay clean, stay safe, and leave delivering the vaccine to us. ATC. One global air cargo solution. (laughs) 
Right now, the airwaves are crowded with vaccine stories and people all over the world rushing to deliver the life-saving serum to a weary world, approaching another cherished holiday alone, mostly, and parted from loved ones because gathering with the most important people to you in the world, we are told, can be deadly. Once upon a time, Volker Dunkaki was a key instrument of the continued success of Lufthansa Charter. Volker's a can-do guy when you do want to do business with him, never seems to be overwhelmed and always can get the job done. Volker now is doing what he does best and better than most others in our business as he serves as Group Manager Charter and Solution for Ingo Zimmer's ATC GSSA. That's a company located all over the place with headquarters in Frankfurt, Germany in the center of the action at Cargo City Sud. Get it on Volker is what we can say if you've got something to move and want it shipped worried-free. There's no secret sauce here. Volker's raison d'etre harkens back to a time when results-driven cargo executives were the result of a lifetime of best practices and great training that delivered people like Volker and ATC CEO Ingo Zimmer and Thomas Bomart, Volker's team partner, all of whom are a cut above, are simply the best there are in our business right now. Get it on Volker is the clarion call here and the invitation to ride ATC astride the better angels of the holiday season all the way into 2021 and beyond. Here's what he had to say. We formed a global task force at ATC, headed by Thomas Bomert and myself in the Frankfurt office. Since early September, our team has been preparing solutions for the global vaccine distribution. Nobody that we deal with has been left in the dark to wonder what's next. The best surprise is no surprise. So all relevant stakeholders have been identified and contacted, including shippers, agents, ground handlers, airlines, container providers, and trucking companies. Volker declared, Leaving no stone unturned, our task force is coordinating the worldwide pharma activities in the ATC global organization. On the regional levels, ATC country managers and their pharma experts on site are empowered and responsible for local contacts and the implementation of the respective solution. It is expected that the main origins for production will be in Europe, India, Brazil, Korea, China, and the USA. So together with our air airline partners, we figure we'll impact upwards of 300 tons of annual capacity, serving more than 500 destinations globally. Our dialogue with ATC airline partners has been well underway for some time now. How to ensure to best handle every aspect of the supply chain as we're charged up and ready and very well prepared for international distribution campaign of the COVID-19 serums. In other words, trust ATC. Volker said we can do it all and are ready, willing, and able to create and handle any solution using charter capacities on freighters and freighters. Now Ingo Zimmer, Group CEO ATC Aviation, is animated as Christmas 2020 is down the road just a few days. We're well aware of the importance of our role in the supply chain of the vaccines, and we're ready. 
the distribution of vaccines is most probably the biggest challenge we'll ever see for the movement of humanitarian relief goods. Governments are expected to be in the lead for ordering and distributing the vaccines to their people. Hence, they will set priorities for their national carriers to free up capacities for the vaccine campaign and commercial cargo will have to get in line. Well, ATC supports every aspect of our airline's preparation and we have their back in every aspect of the challenging time ahead. No excuses, we're there, period, Ingo Zimmer said. Of course, managing the cool chain as well as the security aspects of these movements is an enormous responsibility. As an example, we're working furiously to secure all the information, including everything, down to the smallest details, including expectations. How cool is that? Everybody wants to know what to expect. So here's this CEO of company that handles all of the airlines, number one GSSA in the world. And he's saying everyone in the supply chain needs best practices in order to be well prepared in advance. We're taking nothing for granted. Solutions needed can only be developed if further details are revealed. So he's now he's calling for more and more dialogue, like temperature requirements, routes to be served, and daily export volumes to be expected for what kind of period. With an engaged, integrated co cooperation of all stakeholders, solutions for this challenging distribution campaign are continually being developed. That's what we are working on, Volker Dukaki said. We need to focus on a speedy temperature control transport to get these goods to, to destinations in line with GDP requirements and customers' expectations. The best surprise is no surprise. There's no plot to do anything but get this thing done. But there are no coincidences. As this vaccine rolls out, with shippers, truckers, warehouse people, the airlines, all the stakeholders, forwarders, we define the specific requirements to set all standards in order to be ready at the right time. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Well, as vaccines arrive on global runways, having spent most of my life in logistics, when we started talking about COVID-19 vaccine in the springtime, was anticipating the greatest logistics challenge of our times, delivering COVID-19 vaccines as soon as possible to thousands, if not millions, all over the world. Famously, we recall challenges such as the Berlin Airlift, which kept West Berlin alive in times of Cold War. Perhaps. Less famously, but even more challenging, we record the yearly feat of delivering the Beaujolais Nouveau wine to five continents, ready for its grand opening every autumn. Well, 2020 is a year loathed by most, but nonetheless witnesses the kickoff of the largest logistic operation of all times. We have had ways of understanding that 2020 is one of a kind. This is especially true in logistics and will be our record for many years to come. 
We've all become familiar with the logo of the John Hopkins University in these long pandemic months. Sometimes we can use their precious resources superficially, looking at their figures with insufficient knowledge on our side. But J-H-U-E-D-U is also a resource for allowing for more elaborate consideration. For example, they have amply discussed the efficient and equitable logistics of vaccine distribution in an article. So go to hub.jhu.edu, eManual Logistics of COVID Vaccine. And in so doing, you'll be sharing and how they are echoing other concerns voiced inter alia by the World Health Organization and UNICEF. Well, here comes the shot in the arm for countless billions. And just to give you an idea of the magnitude of the challenge, I'm resorting to figures published by Nature on November 30th, quote, the makers of the three vaccines that seem closest to widespread distribution, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna, estimate a total production capacity of 5.3 billion doses for 2021 which could cover between 2.6 billion and 3.1 billion people, depending on whether AstraZeneca's vaccine is administered in two doses or one and a half. And a vaccine created at the Gamalia National Center of Epidemiology and Microbiology in Moscow could cover another 500 million people per year outside Russia from 2021, says Moscow-based Russia Direct Investment Fund. And that's a quote. So as we move on from the direct investment fund, anyone dealing with logistics quickly understands that delivering anything as big as 5 billion doses worldwide in a year, on top of whatever else moves already on planes, ships, trucks, and trains, is not going to require much more than exceptional deployment of resources and expertise. In other words, Ain't nothing going to happen by magic. Tapping on the information provided by Deutsche Post DHL, the infographics published online by the multinational show us the dimensions of the challenge. If you combine the item movements shown with the number of vaccine doses needed to be delivered, the result is mind-boggling. We have a graphic in our Flying Typers episode today that's out on the emails Monday afternoon, you might want to look that up. And there are also, what I'm reading to you now, references back that you can check to click right to these websites. But the challenges don't come from numbers alone. This is what Pfizer announced. It's abridged here on November the 20th about the behemoth operation underway. During the initial stage, our contacts are with governments and we will be providing doses according to their preferred channel and designating vaccine locations, subject to regulatory authorization or approval. We have now developed logistical plans and tools to support effective vaccine transport, storage, and continuous temperature monitoring. Our distribution is built on a flexible just-in-time system, which will ship the frozen vials direct 
to the point of vaccination. In the U.S., our distribution approach will be largely shipped from our Kalamazoo, Michigan site direct to the point of use, POU. We will also use our existing distribution center in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Nice name for a place, Pleasant Prairie. Cool place. We'll be utilizing road and air modes of transportation in the United States where we expect to be able to get product to any POU within a day or two. We have also developed packaging and storage innovations to be fit for purpose for the range of locations where we believe vaccinations will take place. We have specially designed temperature controlled thermal shippers utilizing dry ice to maintain recommended storage temperatures and conditions. The intent is to utilize Pfizer strategic transportation partners to ship by air to major hubs within a country region and by ground transport to dosing locations. We will utilize GPS-enabled thermal sensors with a control tower that will track the location and temperature of each vaccine shipment across a preset route 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These GPS-enabled devices will allow Pfizer to proactively prevent unwanted deviations and act before they happen. Well, that's cool. Once a POU receives a thermal shipper with our vaccine, they have three options for storage. One is ultra-low temperature freezers, which are commercially available and can extend shelf life for up to six months. The Pfizer thermal shippers in which doses will arrive that can be used as temporary storage units by refilling with dry ice every five days for up to 30 days of storage. So refrigeration units that are commonly available in hospitals uh, that can, can store the vaccine for five days at refrigerated two minus eight Celsius conditions. After storage for up to 30 days in Pfizer thermal shipper, vaccination centers can transfer the vials to storage conditions for an additional five days for up to a total of 35 days. Once thawed and stored under that situation, the vials cannot be refrozen or stored under frozen conditions. Well, who could imagine a vial of vaccine <laughs> lasting a minute, let alone 35 days? Uh, I'm sure wherever it goes, there are going to be plenty of people standing by ready to give everyone a shot in the arm. Pfizer speaks, and the head of our story is Brussels sprouts. The news came at 11.30 on December 13th that Pfizer had started shipping vaccine doses from Michigan. Okay, so this public knowledge, albeit widely advertised, that the European Pfizer vaccines actually come from a village between Brussels and Antwerp called Purr. Jean-Claude Delin served DHL in Brussels. Today, he's a well-known figure in European logistics as president of CLECOT between 2005 and 2009 and subsequently of FIATA, more or less at a time when our author, Marco Sorgetti, worked as director general in both associations successfully. Jean-Claude, who we talked to, is a rare pearl that both federations we just mentioned, Clicot and Fiata, have tried to keep at their helm as long as allowed by their individual statutes. You want this guy up where the big decisions are made. That's what we're saying here. 
Right now, he's currently presiding the Fiat Foundation after also serving as treasurer of Fiat. Guy's great with money for a number of years. In his various institutional positions in Brussels, Jean-Claude strongly contributed to the development of the state-of-the-art facility at Brussels airports. He's retired, but he's come out of retirement to a certain extent to work with the airport through some old connections and so forth from his DHL days and from his years and decades of service to the logistics. And you know, Brussels Airport, you could say, can boast a cool storage capacity second to none. Uh, similar arrangements were made in Liège, albeit at a smaller echelon. Having made such wise investments in the past proves to be crucial today and explains why Belgium is often chosen as the production and distribution center for the whole of Europe by many pharmaceutical enterprises. On November 27th, you recall, Jan Krems, president of the United Airlines, this guy has been consistently hitting the ball for tape measure home runs, as we used to say about Mickey Mantle or Ted Williams. This guy has been knocking air cargo out of the gate into world attention just every single move he's made from wherever he is. So on November 27, here came a mass shipment of Pfizer's vaccines from Brussels to O'Hare in Chicago. So chapeau to Jean-Claude, who was able to don the cloak of the master of the understatement when he said, quote, I'm aware that we have the infrastructure in place to work on the vaccine delivery program, at least for the part that is produced in Belgium. Bro, Jean-Claude also caught a flying ember today when he pointed GSK have vouched millions in investment in Belgium which appears to be a U-turn from their February 2020 statement announcing nearly a thousand job cuts, quote unquote. It's understandable that the proximity between the logistics infrastructure and the production sites has already allowed Pfizer to start delivering its vaccine within Europe, but we should not forget that the efficient delivery of so many consignments of vaccines requires resources and these need to be trained. I heard from some of my acquaintances in Brussels, the training has been on the table for quite some time now. There's anyway considerable confidentiality regarding the arrangements surrounding the vaccination program in many countries, including Italy. In Italy, the special commissioner, Arcuri, appears to have decided that vaccine doses will be delivered by the Italian army for the time being. Fedespedi and Anima members have been bracing for the possible extra load coming from the vaccine distribution, have been informed that, at least in the beginning, the doses will be handled by the military, same thing in USA, and will be stored in secured areas. That's kind of happening everywhere. Let's face it, everybody wants this deal at once. So maybe the military and the disciplines, not the efficiency, certainly, but certainly the, the discipline of the military and the connection with the uh, public, like people like uh, Jean-Claude and people like Bill Bosch, is the way to go to start with anyway. It's concerned about the complexity of the logistics chain and the safety and security of the vaccine. As Pfizer said, this is government's affair and there's no private handling of vaccines, at least for the time being, no parallel market exists. 
Nobody wishes to talk openly about the issue, I have to say that, Jeffrey here, but it's clear that ministers are concerned that vaccines could get into the wrong hands, although the stringent requirements for safety handling and vaccine are a form of insurance in itself. This is not something you can place at the back of your car. You don't toss it over the backseat in a cool chest. It requires a sophisticated delivery system. Needless to say, the freight logistics community in Italy according to our reporter Marco Sorghetti in Turin, will respond if they're called to assist in operations, as it will most likely everywhere else, everywhere else where it'll happen later on. So if we remain in Europe, it's nearly impossible to avoid looking at what happens in Germany. Let's face it, in, in Europe, Germany's that 800 pound gorilla, largest country in the EU, in the middle of the second wave of terrible infections right now. Our people in Germany, I mean, it's just, our heart goes out to them at Christmas time where they can only go to market for a couple of hours in the afternoon. Uh, people can't get together with one another. If there's one place that we've been in the world that sets the tone for many other parts of the world, certainly in terms of the music and the festivities and the, and the observance of Christmas in Europe, France, UK, Germany's right in the heart of all of that. And what's happening right now is not to be believed. We'll get through it, I guess. Uh, but at Christmas, it really hurts to see that going on. And uh, there's a wave of information out there on online services that you can check. Transport, storage, and distribution of the highly temperature-sensitive vaccine pose an enormous challenge. The company VAQ Tech in Würzburg, a specialist in cool boxes, has already received an order worth millions. The transport will take place in our containers and boxes, says Joachim Kuhn. Ultra-low freezers are He's the chief executive of, of that company, VAQ Tech, T-E-C. Uh, Ultra-low freezers are also required for storage. They come in from Schwabian company Binder. Each unit comes in at around 20,000 euros. Frankfurt Airport is a proven transshipment point for cool chain pharmaceuticals. It's also warming up. We are preparing both import and export, says Fraport manager Max Phillip. Conradi, we don't yet know what's coming and what will be produced where. In terms of quantities, however, the corona vaccine is not an overwhelming challenge for Fraport as 13,500 square meters of temperature control storage here is available. Deutsche Post DHL based in Bonn with more than 180 locations around the world tailored to the needs of the pharmaceutical industry is confident to store and transport medicines for up to three days at a constant low temperature. In conclusion, we can perhaps look at this epical challenge with reasonable confidence. I mean, as an industry, let's get off the, we can't do it, Henny Penny's gonna tell you the roof is gonna fall in, nonsense. Our companies are responsive and they're gearing up to the dimensions that will be required by the challenge. And we're breaking all kinds of new ground. Airlines are adding all kinds of new ideas and they're still thinking and focusing on cargo tremendously. I look to hear 
absolute unforeseen situations coming forward, advancing air cargo during the next couple of years. You know, if it weren't for the suffering and the loss and the separation, really, which is probably most keenly felt by the masses, we could take some confidence in what air cargo is going to be able to do to advance itself, the opportunity we've been given. And that's still the case. I mean, there is a risk of overconfidence, which is the perfect recipe to sleepwalk into a disaster. Okay, so I don't want to sound over here like, you know, like Mary Poppins and the Cargo Raw Rock Committee. But all hands on deck and eyes wide open, we can make it. But we have to remain rem- we have to remain alert and focused. Well, I guess that's a wrap for 2020 for Flying Talkers. This year from the first tulips in March until right now has been indeed a very long, strange and different kind of a trip. But thanks for joining us and sharing the ride with Flying Talkers each week, all year long. And thanks to Spotify for getting us out there. The weekly numbers have been great. Uh, 700% increase in listeners in Australia, more than 800% in China. We've enjoyed doing this and apparently you're listening, so thanks for that. But as we lay down the sword for a long winter's nap, we're strengthened. We're overjoyed by the thought of zooming in our attentions to family and long-cherished people like you, dear listeners, borrowing from that famous politician of the 1940s in his spotted bow tie. After all is said and done, all we have to give you reality is blood, sweat, and tears. We will be here on Christmas Eve with a Christmas story. Has begun our, always been our tradition in uh, Flying Typers. We'll come back with a feature for the brief end-of-year interlude. This is stuff in the can that will start up again, full tilt boogie, on January the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Allow us to send to you every blessing of Christmastide, wherever you are in the world. Every blessing Christmastide 2020. And best wishes from us to you for an expansive return to normal in 2021. And for your time this time, until next time, this is Jeffrey saying, be good to each other, will you? And keep them flying. Air Cargo. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Be safe. Wear your mask. Hope you don't have to say that again next year. Goodbye.
Well, it's Beaujolais Nouveau à Carive, in my terrible French. You know, this year we've completely passed over the fact that annually the blast has always been from Air France and Lufthansa and others during late November, sending out the Beaujolais Nouveau. The red wine made from Gamay grapes produced in the Beaujolais region of France. It's just wonderful. It's for sale on the third Thursday of November. And well, maybe you don't like the fresh new wine, but maybe you do. Maybe you just like the tradition of it. Somehow, in all this dry ice and and uh, preparation for the, uh, you know, for saving ourselves from this pandemic, we overlooked a simple, always uplifting story like that. But not the uh, people in France, not people that love the wine, not people all over the world, people in Western United States. They're hosting online tastings. And of course, ooh la la. <laughs> I don't know whether it's great or not great, but I think the next thing I'm going to do now that I remembered this before I said goodbye to you, uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to order some Beaujolais Nouveau. It's here. And we're still here. Speak to me. Good, Lou.